Welcome to Sports Weekly with Ayaz Memon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sports Weekly with Ayaz Memon. Now, the last week was a very interesting sporting week, and there's quite a few talking points. But before we jump into all of those, here's Ayaz Memon. Thanks, Mr. Fantastic. Uh, I'll, I'll uh, talk about the IPL. It's past the halfway stage and it's getting really hot. It's, get, it's just hotting up the race for places in the playoffs. Four teams, remember, will make it to the playoffs. There are 10 teams in the tournament. One of them certainly is out, which is Mumbai Indians. The other one, Chennai Super Kings, has had a bit of a roller coaster ride, including Mahendra Singh Dhoni coming back as captain. Uh, and they won the, the last match which they played. So they are still in the race though way behind. I mean, they'll have to really do spectacularly well to reach into the playoffs. But the teams that are impressing are the two newbies in the tournament, Gujarat Titans and Lucknow Super Giants. Both look, to me at least, certain of making it to the playoffs. Rajasthan Royals putting up a stiff, you know, they've joined the race and they're putting up a stiff fight to be amongst the four teams. Royal Challengers Bangalore have slumped a bit. So too have Punjab. KKR, in fact, have slumped very badly. Delhi Capitals, again, not doing enough to stay in the first, in the top four. I, I think clearly what is emerging is that two or three teams are looking very, very strong to make it to the playoffs. I'll, I'll, I'll say Gujarat Titans, Lucknow Super Giants and Rajasthan Royals. Sunrisers, Hyderabad, Royal Challengers, Bangalore, Delhi Capitals are amongst those that could make it if they don't surrender the advantage that they've had earlier. For instance, Royal Challengers, Bangalore have been stuck on... 10 points for a while now. They've lost the last two matches and so on. So basically, from the bottom, Mumbai Indians certainly out. Chennai hanging in there by a slender thread. Top three, we know, and they're looking very good. And then there is the middle band where there's, I think, going to be a lot of action in this week. Absolutely. Well, let's get straight to it then. Uh, Like you mentioned already, a very curious case of Ravindra Jadeja being announced captain just before the IPL. And we all thought that the timing was a little off because it was a few days before the IPL kicked off. And here we are just about halfway through or a little beyond. And uh, he's given it up back to MSD. And the immediate impact is uh, the Chennai batting looked like uh, they were back in form. It was a fairly convincing win for them to round off a week. What do you make of this? Was Jadeja not ready for captaincy and it was thrust upon him? Or is this just MS Dhoni's magic at play and the legend keeps growing? I mean, it's a bit of both. Obviously, if they win and they do well from here, his legend will keep growing. Uh, He's already a cult figure. I don't know how much more it can grow. But it will certainly attract far more attention now that, you know, things have taken some dramatic turns at the LE franchise. Now, why did Ravindra Jadeja give up the captains? It's a good question. I think it's to do with his own form and the fact that the team was losing. Certainly, the fact that the team was faring very poorly has been playing on his mind because you are, as a captain, you are under harsh scrutiny. And this is his first season. And clearly, he has not enjoyed the experience of being put under the microscope every now and then. Not just as a captain, what has also happened is his batting and bowling form, which used to be stellar for the, for the franchise in the previous seasons, has, in a sense, fallen apart. So he's neither making enough runs nor taking enough wickets and he's not looking half the player he used to be. So I think he's perhaps taken a call that, you know, I'm better off not captaining the team, concentrating on my batting and bowling and then live with it. Captain's position is very prestigious in the the sport as we all know. There's a lot of power, there's a lot of authority, there's a lot of 
fame that comes with it but there's also a lot of pain associated with it there's, there's also a lot of pain i think that he's not enjoyed the pain at all but my point is mr fantastic that if when chennai or csk decided to make him captain they were clearly looking for somebody who's at least going to be there for a year if not two or three years and that's why they chose ravindra ravindra jadeja he's been in the franchise for long enough he's been amongst the two or three faces associated with the team dhoni obviously obviously the prime face the heart and soul and the head of chennai super kings then there was suresh raina who's no longer there and then there was jadeja so it seemed like the most logical choice to make and irrespective about the results were there i thought they would stick by him at least for one season and he would stick by the job for one season but seems to have just gone haywire and what do you make of uh, the opening partnership that uh, that the team put out uh, on their last game uh, gaikwad and conway and what a partnership that was that was a fantastic partnership in my opinion the best partnership or the best opening partnership we've seen in this tournament this season and especially rutraj gaikwad Devin Conway playing foil to him, but coming into his own towards the end of the the, the innings and also making, uh, you know, playing some big shots himself. But it was a Rutraj Gaikwad show out and out. Now he's been, you know, in the past couple of seasons he's held out the promise of being a very devastating opening batsman. Uh, a lot of people thought he and somebody like a KL Rahul or or certainly Rohit Sharma. but from both ends if you if you have the capacity to play these kind of strokes you almost become invincible uh, or unbeatable for the opponents but this season he had been flagging he was not getting runs uh, and that is one of the reasons why csk have fared poorly uh, so far because in the first 7 8 matches rutraj gaikwad just couldn't get you know couldn't find the hit the ball with the middle of the bat in this match against sunrisers hyderabad nothing escaped the middle in fact it was one sight you know it was quite a sight to see him take take on umran malik uh, in a frontal assault umran malik is the most dreaded bowler in the ipl the sunrisers hyderabad attack is the most threatening fast bowling uh, uh, attack you can think because there's bhuvneshwar there's marco jansen there's teen trajan then there's umran malik and he tamed all of them whoever came on to bowl he not only tamed them he actually collared them now if this kind of form he had shown earlier then i think csk's fate would have been far better as we speak today but hey better late than never absolutely well moving on there's some good news for mumbai indians fan they have finally registered a win and uh, let's hope this is not the only win that they register but uh, they finally held their nerve didn't they They did, and to beat Rajasthan was actually, uh, you know, it, it is credit worthy because Rajasthan have looked amongst the top two or three teams as I've mentioned, and in that match and in the previous match, Butler had scored a hundred against them, and you know Mumbai had flopped. This time they held their nerve. Not enough runs again from Rohit uh, uh, and some of the other stellar players in the top order, but they held their nerve. I think they've, they've Surya Kumar Yadav has been their standout batsman through the season, and I think young Tilak Verma is perhaps. amongst the most exciting uh, under 25 talent that we've seen this season amongst the batsmen there are lots of bowlers who are doing well also but mumbai finally getting off the mark so to speak will it's it's a source of relief it's also a source of encouragement for some of those who have been sitting on the bench even for the regulars to say you know we've not drawn a blank can if they pick up two or three more victories they might finish on a happier note not just that they'll probably be uh, in a better position to suss out what kind of talent they have and what they need to do next season absolutely and i think it's not just about the team winning but the fact that uh, mumbai and chennai are 
a amongst the top teams since the inception of the IPL. Uh, it is important for them to stay closer to the top half because I think we've seen the impact that uh, their performances have had on viewership and some of the chatter around that. Yes, but unfortunately, results don't depend on viewership or what the broadcasters want. It depends on how... Well, the other way around, <laughs> actually. Their results will drive viewership. Yeah, no, I'm saying adverse results may happen irrespective of what the broadcasters want. So, that's, that's, <laughs> the, that's the nature of sport, you know, that's the, that's the, that's the beast. So, I, I think you're right. I mean, you know, the fact of one innings with Dhoni played where he scored so many runs in the last over suddenly sent the TRP rating soaring high. So, these things will happen. When the big players perform well, there is, you know, there's, uh, the fans are inspired, the viewers are inspired to go and revisit or visit more matches. And if they're not doing well, then obviously you turn to other forms of entertainment. So, the thing is, now that there are 10 teams, there are that many more big players on show. And... Also, consequently, because there are more matches, there'll be days when the big players don't perform. So, it's a, it's something which cuts both ways. Uh, among other big players who finally seem to be finding their feet, Virat Kohli now has a 50 and much rejoicing happened. They lost the match, but uh, green shoots, you think? Well, you know, I mean, certainly he was not at his best. But the fact that he got a half century and he, hang, you know, he was there batting for about what, 12, 13, 14 overs is in itself a good sign. For for uh, RCB for him and also for Indian cricket, a lot of people are hasty in trying to write off Virat Kohli or even Rohit Sharma because they haven't got runs and say, "Oh ho, these guys, you know, they, the, the, the template of modern T20 does not have this does not support players like these anymore." And maybe T20 World Cup, we should have more fresher faces. Now that is a you know discussion for the selectors at a later date. But as of now, in my opinion, both these players, for their vast experience, for the caliber that they've got, you can't just dump them, even if they've failed. And if they start making runs, then obviously it helps a lot in in the, in the selectors understanding what is to be done ahead. And also for opponents, remember if you're playing the World Cup, T20 World Cup, and you land up there with in a, with a team which has which is without Rohit or without Virat, it eases a lot of the pressure on the opponents. It's, it's, it's not such an easy thing to say, just dump somebody who's still averaging 50. He may have had a poor IPL, but so what? I think that somewhere you also have to show faith and support your players and you know hope that they, hope that they come good. Now, Virat Kohli, in this particular half-century, still looked to me three-fourths of the player he is. The strike rate wasn't fantastic, but he kind of played himself and he's also playing I think to a larger plan of his own which is try and hang in there the more runs he makes the more it helps RCB and it helps him and consequently it could help the Indian team Well, moving on to some other informed conversations what's the best way you think that the Gujarat Titans can finally be tamed or are they just rampant enough that they'll see this through all the way? Mr. Fantastic they look irrepressible and unstoppable stoppable to me and I'll tell you why we've talked about it they've got great all-round depth and balance even without Matthew Wade playing or Shubman Gill firing they're looking so strong in their batting uh, you know somebody like a Ruddiman Saha has come good and come good splendidly Hardik Pandya is making a lot of runs David Miller has been going great guns I think really the strength in the batting apart from the names that I've taken uh, is the way they've, the, the finishers that they've got. Miller, then they've got Rahul Tevatya, and then they've got Rashid Khan. I mean, th- these guys are capable of scoring 15-16 runs and over towards the end of the innings, and especially when they are chasing. It's a never-say-die never approach. And they pulled or they've snatched victory from the jaws of defeat, not once, 
not twice, but they've done it thrice. In the last match against Sunrisers Hyderabad, everything working in Sunrisers' favour. And remember, this is a match in which Umran took 5 for 25. You don't lose a match after the bowler has taken 5 for 25. They lost it. Because Rahul Tevatia and Rashid Khan went completely berserk. They went bonkers. Last over, 22 runs needed and they made it. Now, if you have you know, a batting lineup which stretches to number 8 and has uh, or 9, and you've got these guys, these finishers, these kind of finishers, I think it's very difficult to control them. It's a, it's a frightening prospect for any, any bowling team. And I think this is really helping them. Apart from the fact that in the bowling, they've got Mohamed Shami who's in top form. Lockie Ferguson who's, you know, vying with Umran Malik for being the fastest bowler in the tournament. And he's had some really good matches, a couple of them at least. And then there's Rashid Khan who's, you know, everybody knows is a maestro in, in T20 cricket as a, as a leg spin bowler. So this is a team which is extremely difficult to stop because of the talent they've got. Because of the energy and the enthusiasm that they've got, and obviously because they've got very strong ambition. Absolutely. Well, let's move on to talking about some of the top performances of the week. And it's been a difficult one to uh, to bring down to a short list. But here's who I think are some worthy candidates, you know. Shikhar Dhawan's 88 against uh, the Chennai Super Kings just keeps everyone wondering, you know, how much more he's got to give. There's always chat about his form and continuity. Riyan Parag scoring 56 against the Royal Challengers Bangalore. The Rajasthan Royals were in a tough spot there, but his innings uh, and the way he shepherded a bit of the lower order saw them get to a competitive total and win the match. Then that match you just mentioned, you know, Rashid Khan and Rahul Tiwatiya, four overs, 49-run unbeaten partnership. That match was gone. SRH had no business losing it, but they lost. And the Gaikwad-Conway partnership that we just spoke about, which do you think is the top performance or is there something beyond this that you saw? Well, you know, it's difficult to compare apples and oranges. So, I'd keep the bowling performance a little separate from the batting. And Umran Malik certainly for 5 for 25. Before that, he had taken four wickets in the earlier match. And he stands out because of the impact he's made on the tournament. And remember, there's another guy called Mohsen Khan who's coming up very strongly for Lucknow Super Giants. Uh, he's had four wickets in one in the last match. He's played three before that. So, Umran is also going to face stiff competition. But when the batsman bat or the batting is concerned, for me, it's a toss-up between KL Rahul, who's got 100 against... He's made 200s against uh, Mumbai Indians, the second one. And then he's had a good match. Again, he's been so consistent in his, in his uh, batting. He's been the outstanding Indian batsman uh, in the tournament. But if I have to pick one, I would certainly pick uh, Ruturaj Gaikwad for the sheer audacity and the sheer, you know, the, the tempo which he set from ball one till the time he was unfortunately dismissed for 99. Nobody deserved 100 more than him. And he, more, you know, while everybody's talking about Dhoni and his charisma, if there is a, re, a CSK revival, it'll be, you know, it will have to be located in this knock of 99 played by Ruturaj Gaikwad. Thanks for that, Ayaz. There's a lot of action still coming up in the IPL. The league stages are nearing an end. We'll head into the playoffs. And the big question, I think, is whether we will have a new champion this time around. While that action unfolds, there's a lot happening in the world of sport. And this one's a little touchy, Ayaz. Let's let's talk about what's happening in the world of tennis. The Ukraine-Russia war, as we know, has split the world and especially also the tennis world down the middle and just while we're recovering from, say, vaccination-related restrictions, the whole Djokovic saga, Wimbledon has come and announced that it is going to exclude Russian and Belarusian players from this year's tournament following the Russian invasion of Ukraine. 
Now, two of the world's top players in Rafa Nadal and Novak Djokovic have been very vocal and criticized Wimbledon, saying that this decision was, quote-unquote, very unfair. But we've seen this action being taken in some other sports, right? Formula One, for example, cancelled the Russian Grand Prix. What's your take? Is it is it a fair decision? Is it unfair? Should politics enter sports? Or is this a way for sport to have an impact beyond just the playing field? Well, I, on the face of it, and, I, and in my experience, I think it's unfair for Wimbledon to take this stand because it's not the fault of the athlete or the tennis player that you know, his country or her country is at war with another country. This is an unfortunate development. It's a political development. It has nothing to do. I can understand a, a, a player being suspended for bad behavior or for violence on the court or as happened in the pandemic, you know, action was taken against Djokovic because all things being equal, you can't afford one one player to call the shots and say, I will not adhere to what the, what the rules are. So that I could understand, you know, the action against Djokovic. But here, for no fault of theirs, the, you know, Russian and Belarusian players are being penalized for something that the political masters are doing or the politicians of their country are doing. And I've, I've been through, uh, you know, we've all been through Olympics in, in 1984, as you remember. The, in 1980, in fact, the, the Western world boycotted the Moscow Olympics because of uh, Russia's invasion of Afghanistan. And then 84, Eastern Bloc boycotted Los Angeles Olympics. And then subsequently what happened, is I, and, and, and this is where I'm coming to, that in 1988, when the Seoul Olympics were held, the IOC decided that all these differences should be kept aside and all countries should participate because sport is seen as a vehicle to bring people together, not to divide them. And I follow that. I, I completely agree with that principle and with that idea. And that's why I think Wimbledon, is a little amiss, or not a little amiss, but totally amiss in saying we won't allow these Russian players or the Belarusian players. Who knows? These Russian players may be the most ardent supporters of Ukraine. And therefore, they are being penalized for something that they don't believe in. I'm just speculating. But therefore, there's, this is a, it seems to me a very harsh punishment and completely unrelated to what their vocation, their professional pursuits are in life. If somebody, if a player is a very staunch advocate of the Russian invasion invasion of Ukraine and has gone gone public about it and is tom-toming it, I can at least see a reason for that, but not otherwise. Well, let's hope that better sense prevails and we're able to keep the whole political scene separate from the sporting field. Well, there's a few more things to talk about. And to talk about that, we are joined by Somil Arora as always. And we're going to discuss Real Madrid, 35th time champions. It's just an amazing and a staggering number. Is Ronaldo headed back to Real Madrid? Has he had enough of Manchester United and their inability to win? And the EPL race that just keeps us riveted. One point separating Manchester City and Liverpool. Four games to go. What's the outlook looking like? With that and a whole lot more, Here's Samuel Arora. Thank you, Mr. Fantastic. I think it's good to start with Real Madrid this weekend, considering that they've won their 35th La Liga title. It's a record, folks. They're, they're better than anyone else in that sense. And you might be wondering, how did that happen? They ended up losing heavily to Barcelona the last time they faced. But it's not just about one match. Madrid might have lost that one big match, but this whole season, they have been superb. They have been extremely consistent in the league. And it's all come down to the back of Karim Benzema, who scored 26 goals so far. And it's been 26 amazing goals, coming at crucial moments many a times. And this year, with this uh, record of sorts, 
he will end up going past Messi in terms of getting five consecutive top scorer league titles in the La Liga. So that's a record on his own. Benzema has been fantastic. And then after that as well, it's taken other stars like Vinicius Jr. to contribute quite a fair bit here and there. But on the whole, as I mentioned, it's not just about one or two matches. Real Madrid have done it throughout the season. They've been fantastic. And the best part for them is that in the Champions League, they still have a chance. Because remember, they only lost 4-3 to Manchester City. And the interesting part is, they scored three away goals, which is going to be very hard for City to do when they come back here at the Bernabeu. So, things are looking bright for the Real Madrid team. And honestly, they could end up winning the La Liga and the Champions League this year. So, that is just a tremendous achievement that's going on so far. And to get to this stage, it's taken a lot from Carlo Ancelotti. And... Speaking of taking a lot, they might get a lot next year as well because the rumours have been rampant that Kylian Mbappe might end up joining Real Madrid or perhaps Erling Braut Haaland might end up joining Real Madrid. But today, the rumour has just come up that Cristiano Ronaldo might end up getting into Real Madrid once again. His second return to an old club in a row after Manchester United. So, it's like Ronaldo's career is going back in reverse. What's next after Real Madrid? Is he going to go to Juventus again? But in all honesty... It would work, wouldn't it? Real Madrid... I mean, Benzema's going to keep on scoring, yes, but for how long? Ronaldo, we know and we've seen that he is an absolute machine. If he's doing so well in the Premier League, how well will he do with Carlo Ancelotti, who absolutely got the best of him back at Real Madrid? So, I'm very intrigued to see how this might end up playing out. And if you think that this is not a genuine rumour, there is a really good chance that Eric Ten Hag might let go of Cristiano Ronaldo because he doesn't quite fit Manchester United's future plans. He's not a part of their playing style. He's, he's a bit unorthodox in that sense, in terms of Ten Hag's world of view of football. But yeah, if Real Madrid come looking, United might be very, very willing to sell him off because that's a big wage they're paying. And if he doesn't fit in the team, why bother keeping him on, right? So there's that, there's that feeling going around in Manchester United as well. But speaking of Man United, let's continue. They are going to have a fixture against Brentford on the day of the recording. So I can tell you more about that next time out. But Arsenal have ended up doing well. They beat West Ham 2-1 in a crunch fixture. We saw Tottenham beating Leicester City 3-1 in a tremendously entertaining game that you must watch if you've got the time. Liverpool beat Newcastle 1-0. So things are status quo over there. We saw Aston Villa beat Norwich 2-0. Man City beat Leeds United 4-0. And now for the big fixtures. Everton defeating Chelsea. And this was a shocker. Richarlison ended up scoring the goal in the 46th minute. The atmosphere was electric. Chelsea dominated the game, but Everton got the crucial moment in there. And for Frank Lampard, this must be such a big confidence booster because here is this old Chelsea team that he used to manage. He's defeating them to get his Everton up, up ahead and perhaps away from the relegation zone. So that was a big win for them. And Chelsea seem to be flailing now. I wonder how things play out for them eventually. But... Manchester United also had a match with Chelsea early on in the week and they ended up drawing 1-1. Guess who scored? Marcos Alonso for Chelsea. And for Man United, I'm going to give you 15 points if you guess if you guess it properly. No? Just kidding. Cristiano Ronaldo, no points for you. Of course it was going to be him. He was tremendous all around, but as, as is the trend these days, Chelsea dominated the game. The other team ended up getting one chance and they capitalised on that. And hence why Chelsea had an unfavourable unfavorable result. So... Another similar story, 1-1 the end of that match. And the Premier League table is really becoming topsy-turvy now because as I've been constantly saying at the, so at the top, there's been only one point of a difference between Man City and Liverpool. So that is going to stay until any one of them slips up. But Chelsea now are only three points ahead of Arsenal in P3. 
And Tottenham are only five points behind Chelsea in P5. With Man United, well, they're comfortably away, but they could be keeping P6 eventually. So, lots of changes in the Premier League. Lots of bad times if you're a Chelsea fan. But, well, fun fixtures are going to come up in the coming weeks. So, stay tuned right here on Sports Weekly. But we shall give you more coverage, not just on the Premier League, not just on the Champions League, but also if Ronaldo is really leaving Manchester United to go back to Real Madrid. Thanks so much for that, Somil. Great to have you on the show as always. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in. We'll come back next week with a lot more insight, a lot more analysis. And to make sure that you don't miss any of those, remember to subscribe us, to follow us, and also rate us on your favorite podcast app. Till then, thank you so much. See you next week. Thank you, Mr. Fantastic. Catch up next week. We'll be closer to you know, the climax of the IPL. And I'm sure there's a lot of exciting ideas and opinions to be shared. 